Welcome to a rare emergency edition of the Weekend Wire coming to you on a Wednesday. Um, I'm in Steamboat, Colorado right now. I first got word of the James Harden trade to the Nets on a ski lift, actually. And after that, I skied for about an hour, hour and a half more and then came in and got all caught up and called Aro on Zoom. And here we are. So um, this is one of the rare instances that we've I think we've only had like a handful of emergency um, episodes. Um, yeah, I can't even remember the last one. We honestly did. I can't remember the last one. I know we did one in the 2018 conference finals after the after the Rockets won Game Five for sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one um, vividly, and then maybe some other trade ones. I think we did. I think we did one with uh, for like the Jimmy Butler trade to the either to the yeah to the. I thought it was either Jimmy or did we do something for the for KD leaving Golden State? I don't think we did. We kind of just did the free agency one for that. Right. Yeah, I think we had one, some emergency thing involving Jimmy. Um, Yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, um, yeah, so this trade went down today. It's a four-teamer. We're going to hit who who we think won the trade. Um, Some of, like, Harden's moments in Houston over the years. uh, Just kind of, we're just kind of going to attack this head on and sort of discuss every angle. So, um, yeah. So who won the trade? Well, you could argue that the Nets did. Um, they obviously get Harden. That's just becomes an amazing offense immediately with KD Kyrie. And even though Kyrie has been MIA as of late, um, you would assume that he had to somewhat sign off on this trade. So, um, that's, that's going to be an offensive, explosion that maybe the likes of maybe we've never seen before um you had an idea yeah, I mean, these are the three like best offensive pieces i think ever put together on one team in terms of how much they can create individually yeah i think yeah th- these are probably the three best shot creators you can have on a single team um yeah. that, that have ever been on a single team because even when you had the big three um with lebron bosh and wade bosh wasn't really creating his own shot and same kind of deal with the Warriors, um, with even Curry, Clay, and uh, KD or Draymond, whichever one you want to slot in. But um, Clay is not really on that level of creating off the dribble like Kyrie and KD and Harden are. And those are probably when you think of who can get me a bucket um, isolating by themselves. Those are <laughs> definitely three of the top five guys you would think of. But you had an idea of how. Um, the Harden and Kyrie fit might work and an interesting theory. So, yeah, um, I was kind of playing around with it in my head. Uh, I don't think they're going to start off by doing this, but uh, I would strongly consider having one of either Kyrie or uh, Harden. I probably assume that it's going to be Harden most likely uh, coming off the bench uh, as kind of in a way of staggering these guys, because I think when you're playing all three of them together, especially the backcourt defense is probably going to take a little bit of a hit. Um, And and so just to kind of avoid that and also kind of give Harden sort of the keys to his own offense in that team. Uh, You don't need to have him kind of meshing as much with Kyrie and KD until crunch time, you give him the keys. And I think 
that is, uh, I mean, it's a nightmare for most teams uh, in the league, not just in the East, uh, for, but really any team in the league to have to deal with a bench unit that has James Harden leading it. Um, I, I just don't know who is able to stop that. Um, and I mean, I, I'm trying to go down the list of, I mean, Boston, they, they lost some of their depth from last year and I don't think they have um, the depth this year to be able to deal with that um, with Harden coming off the bench. I just don't think they have any guard that comes off the bench right yeah, now. Yeah, Marcus Smart deal with that. So. Right. And, and so now that's a massive problem for, for uh, Boston, but also, I mean, you look at Milwaukee, like how much are you going to play Zoo? Right, and, and Drew can only get, you know guard one of them at a time, um, and, and so that becomes a problem in crunch time when all three are probably presumably playing together. Um, but also, if you're you know you go six minute stretch with KD and Kyrie letting you up, and then you have James Harden coming in for another six minutes, like it's a little bit, uh, it's just tough to deal with. Um, and, and so I think the Heat even are, are probably going to struggle with it because um, even they don't really have the depth defensively at the guard position that I think handle that. Um, and, and I think it also uh, would help just in terms of, of sealing up some of Brooklyn's faults now. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth anymore. Obviously, if Dinwiddie is still with the team, uh, or he's still with the team, but if he was able to play this year, um, that, that's a very different uh, kind of outlook for this uh, for this bench unit. But with no Dinwiddie, uh, you obviously trade away uh, Karis LeVert. Um, I think the creation is a little bit thin uh, for the Brooklyn bench. And, and so I think it would help uh, at least to have uh, you know, maybe maybe you start all of them, but maybe you take off Harden or Kyrie earlier and, yeah, and then swap them back in. Just for optimism. Right. I think I think that Nash is like open minded and like not like yeah. like non traditional enough to realize that and he's a smart guy who understands definitely offensive basketball, um, to say the least. Yeah. So yeah, and your point about um these other teams in the East, other contenders sort of um gonna well, well, they will struggle with this for sure. But um, the reasons why sort of come down to the moves that these other teams made are kind of kind of become moot because of this. Um, yeah. Like you're you're getting the Bucks got Drew to stop to stop one guard and now stop one elite guard on the Nets and now you have two. And then same thing with the Heat. Really, they grab Bradley um, to to help defend point guards and. Now you've got two guys who are going to kind of demand his attention. Um, and you don't really – there's there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made. Um, same thing with Philly. Uh, we'll get into Philly a little bit later because they were involved in this up until the, the like, one-yard line. So, um, But, yeah, a lot of teams in the East are going to have to deal with this. I, can, I, can, I think the most interesting situation is probably Milwaukee, what, what Giannis is thinking right now. Um, should he have made – is he panicking? Um, and I, I, I'd be excited to see like what his next like comments on this are, um, especially given like he he does have that little rivalry with Harden dating back to last year um, where they were kind of going yeah, at each a other. A lot of words back and forth. Yeah, you know, All-star break. So I'd be really interested to see what he has to say in the coming days um, and definitely from the other East contenders too, especially the Sixers side of it. But um, yeah, so – you said you wrote that D'Antoni and Harden are back. That's probably an underrated piece of this um, in Houston. They were together for, I think, five or six years. Five, yeah. yeah. And that it sort of became the, 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 
the narrative around this trade um, sort of became like before it happened before today sort of became like, can Harden play normal basketball again? Or is he just going to be stuck in that sort of D'Antoni way of um, doing things? We're going to find out, but um, I do think it's, it's interesting that those two are reunited um, still going to be a lot of emphasis in the three. And besides the big three that they have now in Brooklyn, you still got Joe Harris is one of the best three point shooters in the league. Who's going to be starting alongside them. Um, so yeah, Harden just adds to their spacing. Um, obviously, the defense is going to be a problem, which we we talked about even before they had Harden. But um, it, it's even it's, there. I think that they, they have options still because um, they have some guys like uh, you know Luau Cabrero hasn't played a whole lot this season. Uh, I think he's been coming off the bench for them, but he he's an option off the bench for them always. Uh, and, and, yeah, we'll see. It's kind of a, a matter of guys like Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, how are they going to step up and, and really contribute, um, you know, beyond, I think, ways that they were kind of expected to contribute before. Um, I think they're going to become really important pieces now, uh, potentially the starting lineup for, for Jeff Green. Um, but Shamit is going to become a huge piece off the bench now, I think. Um, and he might be expected to, to hit a few more shots as well. And I know he had a, a bit of a cold shooting start to this season, so he, he's got to pick it up. And then uh, someone that I think we mentioned in the preview episode for the season, uh, Bruce Brown, who hasn't seen a lot of uh, playing time so far. Yeah. He's going to be another guy that, that gets a lot of playing time now. He's a good uh, defensive player. Um, yeah, they're going to need him to shore up, patch up a little bit of those issues. And with the Jeff Green starting point, um, I do think it becomes really interesting if they decide to close out games or – play stretches with him, him or Katie at the five um, and just kind of X out DeAndre Gordon and yeah. you have maximum spacing if you play that way and that would be really hard to defend. So I think if they do that, it's going to become sort of a new lineup of death, even though Jeff Green is not on the level of some of those Warriors guys, but <laughs> yeah. we're back in the day, but um, still uh, the offense is going to be ridiculous from this team. Um, moving on to the Pacers side of this, um, they were involved in this four-team trade as well. They get Karis LeVert um, from the Nets. He was a guy who casual fans may not know as well, but he's he's pretty much – if you watch any game without Kyrie or KD this season, he pretty much goes off every time. He was great in the bubble. He's a good scorer, good young piece, um, is improving. So that was great for them. They also got off the Oladipo contract who – we talked about um, a couple of weeks back was really unhappy about his, his situation, just being in Indiana. Um, and even though they're playing, they've played great to start the season. They've been one of the um, best early surprises in the East. Um, he's made it pretty clear that he, he doesn't really want to be there. And um, Indiana sort of jumped at this opportunity to flip him for a, a, a younger player who is a great scorer and can maybe fit. A very in. similar mold as well. Yeah, can he can really Levert can really fit into what he was doing already and can fit into that Indiana team. Um, the team itself is pretty flexible to begin with, but um, yeah, I, I thought that was a good move. They also get the they also get the second rounder from the Cavs in twenty twenty four, which is you know who knows what that's going to be, but um, that's a pick that can be packaged for the future. So um, I think. <sighs> Maybe they don't. They didn't win the trade, but they're definitely up there um, in terms. I think. I think it's pretty. It seems like it's the trade's pretty good for all four teams um, involved, and we'll get yeah. to the, we'll get to the other two. But um, there's not really a clear loser, um, and you can sort of debate the winners as you want. 
Um, so, yeah, uh, you had you had something about them in the short term versus long term. Um, yeah, I thought Levert was probably the better uh, long term option at this point, especially moving on from Oladipo. It was, it was kind of a point of emphasis for them, I think, um, at least in terms of how most analysts were calling it. Um, and a lot of insiders around the league were kind of saying that, yeah, Oladipo wanted out. He was very explicitly said that he wants out from the team. And so it's definitely good to get get rid of that. Um, and especially when you're bringing in a younger guy that, that already does a lot of the things that Oladipo uh, is able to do. Uh, I don't think Oladipo was, was the best defender and, and Levert isn't either. Um, but offensively, I think that they're both very, uh, very good shot creators. And Levert is, I believe, about four years younger than Oladipo is. So you can only go up from here. Um, so I think that's definitely a huge positive to, to get a guy that can create his own shot, um, you know, uh, pretty much whenever he wants. Not the greatest shooter, but again, like we've seen him come, uh, you know, make strides in, in his shooting as well. I think he was shooting 36% from three last year, which is uh, considerably up from from how he was shooting the year before. Um, I think he started the season around 34, 35%. But again, th those are numbers that can go up. Um, he didn't get a lot of playing time in Brooklyn, um, and but definitely less than what Oladipo was getting in Indiana. I think he was playing about six minutes less, but the production was there. Um, and, and you look at some of the per 36 numbers, and, and that kind of supports a similar type of argument. But you know, Levert was definitely making the most of his minutes, and, and you're going to end up seeing very similar production from what Oladipo was giving Indiana to, to what uh, Levert was giving them. I think the only short-term real loss is maybe a little bit of playoff experience. Um, Oladipo has made a lot of plays and, and you know, uh, I guess kind of famously took LeBron to uh, a game seven, I believe it was 2018. Yeah, that was probably um, his peak. As yeah, yeah. And, and I really thought that he was going to go up from there. I know he's been riddled with injuries in the last couple of years, but so was Levert. Um, but yeah, I, I think in the long term, it's definitely the right move uh, for Indiana to make. Uh, as long as Levert ends up resigning with these guys um, uh, and he wants to be there, I think this is definitely the, the right move for them. And I think he has some roots in the Midwest as well. I think he grew up in Ohio, so um, yeah. kind of from the area. So. Um, yeah, I, I think Oladipo's value to the Pacers this year, a lot of it was as a closer. Um, and I do think that's something that Levert can do pretty well. And then Brogdon's made strides in that area this year. Um, I'm basing some of this off that Pelicans game, that, that wild OT game from last week. But um, I think it's I think it's true with Levert that he had some moments in the bubble, um, hit some clutch shots. So, um, yeah, the, uh, the Pacers – uh, they're still missing TJ Warren. They're seven and four. Um, they're also seven and four against the spread, which I realized uh, yesterday after their win over the Warriors. Um, sort of a team that's just kind of being constantly underrated. Um, we've we've talked about them before, but uh, we'll, I, it'll be fun to see how Levert fits in with them. Um, and moving on to the Old Depot side of this um, a little more is the Rockets, who. Um, obviously got the biggest haul in this trade, um, getting off of their franchise player. They get Oladipo, Dante Exum, um, Karuks from the Nets, um, four first round picks and four pick swaps. Um, all of them, all of those are unprotected, which is not something we've entirely seen in the past. Um, a lot of those picks were in the trade were unprotected, um, in the Bledsoe trade, um, most of them are unprotected, but usually you get you get a few that are protected, and this is not the case. Um, so, 
Yeah, for, for they get Exum from Cleveland. Um, he's a he's a guy who has has been great, um, just defending one on one defender. But um, obviously, the headline there is Old Depot, and can he be happy um, in Houston, or is he going to want out again? Um, will be interesting. He's they've got an interesting team in Houston now. Um, still, still probably a playoff team with with Wall Oladipo. Um, a play-in team for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wood and a um, little bit of Cousins, Karuks and Exum don't help them that much right now. Um, but the the picks are obviously great, and um, the the farther the farther these picks go out, I think the last one is twenty twenty six. Um, 27. It's 27. Okay. 27 uh, pick swap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the farthest, the farthest one out is 2027 um, pick swap. Obviously, if you're if you're thinking from Houston's terms, you're trying to get those picks as far out as you can. So, um, let's say Brooklyn is like contending for the next four years, and that's probably even being like having wishes a little bit. Yeah, it's being a little <laughs> generous. So, yeah. say they're contending until you know, 2025, then right after they're done, they have maybe one down year and then they're really bad the year after. So um, those, the later those picks are, the better return you're probably going to get. Um, and those are yeah, also- Yeah, I was looking at the the contract for, for Kyrie, Harden, and KD all expire in 2023. Mm. So there's a high chance that they might not all be there even in, as yeah. early as 2024. So that's a super common could, thing could be um, in the league. That's, that's what we saw before Paul George signed his extension with the Clippers that they were both getting out in the, in the same year. Same thing with uh, Lakers when LeBron and AD before LeBron and AD signed theirs. Uh, that's a super common thing we see among stars. So, um, yeah, they got all opt out. This could be over as soon as as soon as two years, and this is obviously a, a experiment in chemistry that um, we haven't really seen before. Harden Harden is probably the least um, uh, wild personality out of these three. Uh, with with Kyrie, yeah, honestly, historically, yeah, yeah, we'll get into the Kyrie. There's a lot of Kyrie stuff to talk about that we'll get into after we're we're done doing the trade stuff. But um, yeah, you've got Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. All three guys have sort of wanted out of different places in their careers. All three are pretty outspoken. So um, that'll be interesting. Uh, the Rocket, another thing on the Rockets, uh, PJ Tucker has been really unhappy um, recently. I think the theory is that it's because of the James Harden stuff. Um, at least that's what it seems like, but he's still on the team. He was not involved in this trade at all. Um, contenders are probably still trying to get him. I don't really know where his head at where his head is at with all of this and if he still wants out. Um, but that, that's definitely an interesting domino that still has to fall. Um, and it'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see if any of these East teams in reaction to the Harden trade, try to get Tucker as a piece to um, shore up their defense and uh, three point shooting. Um, yeah. I mean, PJ Tucker's at the point in his career where he is, gonna bounce around to different teams that are gonna be contending in kind of that trade deadline piece that is made to make a deep playoff run. Um and so I think there are definitely gonna be suitors for him out east. Um I think Milwaukee might even jump into this now um with, with this uh, Brooklyn trade. And that's something that I want to hit on earlier as well. Um a lot of these other East teams might be looking to make more moves now that they've seen Brooklyn go out and, and do this. Um, there could be a huge ripple effect um, down to, to teams that I think we thought were a little bit more settled, like Boston and Milwaukee, um, that 
might be forced into making some sort of move now if they want to contend. Um, and maybe some of it is a little bit of a panic buy, but um, you know, I, I think some of the fears are are warranted. You know, that these are three elite playmaking, um, you know, players that, that we're talking about on Brooklyn, and you need defenders. And, and PJ Tucker definitely uh, fits the mold in terms of shutting one of them down. Yeah, I mean uh, Tucker, like you said, he's 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 an older guy. I think he's thirty six or thirty seven now. He's he's wanting to play on contender because yeah. um, he he hasn't he has yet to win a championship in his career. So um, yeah, you could imagine that he wants he wants to be a contender just like Harden wanted to. Um, so yeah, to the to the Cavs side of this, they're the fourth team involved in this trade. Um, they get Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince off of the Nets. Um, if you're unfamiliar, I'm sure most of you know who Jarrett Allen is, but if you're unfamiliar with Torian Prince, he was a, he used to play for Baylor. He was a star there and played for the Hawks for a little bit. Um, and it's kind of taken a backseat in Brooklyn with all their new talent, but um, he's a, he's an interesting piece. Jared Allen is, is definitely the headliner here, though. Um, the Cavs now have a lot of big men on their roster. They have Drummond, Allen, and Love, as well as uh, Larry Nance and a few others. So potentially, there's moves to be made. Um, Love and Drummond have sort of been trade pieces since they've been in Cleveland, um, and Love is Love is someone who gets brought up pretty much every deadline and um, around every time the trades are being discussed. He's injured right now, but um, yeah, you, you, Jared Allen can really become their their center of the future. He was a guy that really shined for the Nets um, in the bubble as well, and and when Katie and Kyrie were out, um, he did he did great protecting the rim um, and scoring. So yeah, it's 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 sort of easy to come to the conclusion that um, the Cavs are like not really relevant, but. Um, you could say they did win this trade if they they're only giving up Exum, who wasn't that great for them anyway. Exum's brightest moment probably was actually defending James Harden in Game Two of the Rockets Jazz series a couple years back. Um, other than that, he hasn't had a lot of success in the NBA. Um, they gave up their their 2024 second round pick um, that we talked about earlier to the Pacers. Um, but Jared Allen is is a is a good piece. Um, he's improved pretty much every year he's been in the league. Um, and this, this sort of gives them an out for Drummond and Love. Although Drummond has been pretty good for them. Um, Love is just someone who doesn't really make sense with like their timeline. Um, yeah. uh, the Sexland backcourt with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. But uh, I think you have a little more thoughts on this than I do. So I'm going to let you go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I thought uh, my immediate reaction was that, that the Cavs kind of uh, won this trade, uh, not in terms of a big name or, or making a big splash, but just in terms of, of kind of picking up the pieces uh, of some of these teams. Uh, I know Harden was the centerpiece and Oladipo became another centerpiece um, for some of these teams. But, I mean, getting a guy like Garrett Allen, um, honestly, as, as close to for free as you can get. Uh, this is a guy that I believe is a restricted free agent at the end of this year. Um, I, I would assume that if you're going to trade for him now that they plan on making him their big man for the future. Um, this is a guy that, again, like you said, performed really well in the bubble, performed well in the absence of KD and Kyrie this year, uh, is a very, very solid shot blocker, uh, rim protector type. And uh, I think his offense has upside. Um, you know, maybe he can't really stretch the floor like we, we want to see, uh, you know, bigs do nowadays, but 
in terms of just his rebounding and his presence inside, I think that can only continue to grow. And I don't think it's that's a bad thing. Um, the the worry for Cleveland is, is that this doesn't really solve their main problem this season, which has been shooting. Uh, I think they're the worst three point shooting team in the league right now. Uh, they are last in offensive rating, uh, and a large part of that comes down to not a lot of spacing. Uh, as you mentioned, Kevin Love is out. Uh, when you have Drummond on the floor, it's really not super spaced out. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, Jared Allen kind of provides a piece that's a little bit more of a lob threat than, than Drummond is right now. Um, and that can be kind of fun to, to watch with um, Garland and Colin Sexton. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe it doesn't pan out immediately. The impact isn't as clear. Um, this is a team that's probably going to be struggling to fight for, for a, a 9-10 kind of play-in seed. Uh, this year, uh, that's kind of their ceiling, I would think. Uh, but down the line, I, I think they they have, I mean, this is one of the best young groups uh, in the NBA right now. Uh, sort of what we were seeing with uh, the Hawks maybe two, three years uh, ago. Uh, it's sort of a similar kind of deal that, that we're seeing in Cleveland right now. Well, um, Allen could definitely make their defense even better than it is. And uh yeah. Although Larry Nance has made a lot of strides on that end and as well as offensively. Um, Allen is someone who can protect the rim um, very well um, against some of those East big men. He always plays, he always plays pretty well against the bead. Uh, it seems like. Um, so yeah. thinking just like in terms of matchups, but yeah, when you, when you think about what Cleveland actually gave up and what they got back, um, I'm sure the the Rockets, and that's we're more than happy to just like throw them in as that fourth team. But when you look at like what they, what they actually gave up versus what they got back, um, it seems like they got the best return for um, the Exum in the 2024 pick. So, yeah. Um, okay. So those are all the trade details. We went over every, every player who's involved, um, unless we get some late reporting uh, later, later tonight, but that it seems like this thing is um, pretty locked in now. So um, the team that was sort of, Involved from this with Harden's trade request from the start was the Sixers, who decided today, um, it seems like they decided that once the Rockets said they wanted Ben Simmons, uh, Maxi, Tybal, and a bunch of picks, that they were going to stand pat. Um, and the time will tell if this is a decision that uh, Daryl Morey um, will come to regret. Obviously, he's, he's a big fan of James Harden, um, was sort of organizing that offense for him for years in Houston. But um, he decided, I think, I think it's the right decision to say no to, to that offer. Um, I, I'm a huge Tybal fan. Um, I, I, I like, I like to have for Maxi too. Um, and all the, all the hate that Simmons gets, if you put, if you were to put Simmons on his own team, he could be potentially devastating with the right fit around him. So um, I, I do think the Sixers ultimately made the right decision, um, especially given Harden, like, you know, maybe he wasn't, maybe he wouldn't be happy in Philly. You just never know with these things. And um, the Sixers are doing just fine on their own um, right now, despite all the COVID yeah. they've had. I think if they were going to make this deal, they would have had to be a hundred percent sure that they were going to win a title this year with James Harden coming back. Um, and, and I don't think at any point I really thought that they became uh, even the favorites out of the East necessarily uh, just with James Harden. Um, you know, I, I think they're one of the stronger teams on paper, but if you're giving up, uh, you know, Simmons, Maxi, Tybal, um, you're, you're giving up a lot of the future. And this is a team that uh, I think Embiid is still 
uh, not even fully into his, like, technically his peak year, as we look at it, right? He's still looking at, what, 2026? 20, so, I don't know, you, you have a few more years to work with it. Um, and like you said, Philly's doing fine on their own right now. Um, I don't think they need that piece uh, right now. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I, I don't think – I think Philly's still got a – still has an upward traje- trajectory. Uh, Embiid has improved pretty – like a good amount this year, so it seems. Um, he's had a, he's had a couple of monster games and has been pretty clutch for them. Um, he's probably the definitely top three MVP if you're just looking at like the ladder right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think they did the right thing to stand pat. Um, if the Nets, even if the Nets do end up winning the title um, either next year or the year after that, or even both, um, Philly still has a lot of time. Their pieces are still younger than. Um, what Brooklyn has right now. So I do think they made the right call there, even though their offer was probably better. Um, yeah. When you, when I thought you... Houston should have gone for Philly's offer rather than. Yeah, it is, it is kind of interesting that that didn't end up <laughs> happening. Uh, that might have, maybe that's a, maybe that's a Tillman for Tita call there. Um, if he's uh, not, yeah, it has to be. I mean, yeah, if he's not wanting to give more of the satisfaction, but otherwise you can't really think of why they wouldn't take Simmons, Simmons Maxi in a, uh, Embiid back, unless and not Embiid, uh, Simmons, Maxi, and Tybal back, unless unless it really was um, Maury saying no, and well, I'm sure that will become more clear in the couple next couple of days. But um, something that does not become clear is where in the world is Kyrie Irving? Um, he has missed, I think, the past three games due to personal reasons. Um, people were really taking this seriously at first, and were like saying uh, maybe it could be mental health issues and maybe it still is, but uh, there's been some videos of him clubbing um, basically at, I believe his sister's birthday party. Um, yeah. One other birthday party and just breaking. I think up. it was his sister and his dad's birthday party. Yeah. There was birthday was like right before party, too, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah so those the videos have surfaced of that. Um, they, the nets are like not even sure if he's going to come back this year, which is, very concerning obviously and it's kind of flown under the radar a little bit more than i think it should have like stephen a smith this morning like said he should just retire which is definitely like too much but uh that's like that's the discourse that we're getting around Kyrie now because the stuff that this guy does is just so unpredictable um and they it, it seems like there's been a lot of reports from like not not people who are too um credited but saying that he's unhappy and all this stuff and you don't we don't really know um where this is going but um the league is looking into those videos and they could suspend him possibly i, I just don't really know what's going to happen here so yeah there's just so many question marks around him right now um it you just can't have that from from the guy that was your second best player and now maybe is your third best player a very integral part of what you're trying to build at Brooklyn it's just not a good sign right now um but I, I don't know maybe, maybe it's better to get his antics out of the way now rather than having them uh, show up in the playoffs so maybe that's the that's the I guess a silver lining that, that Brooklyn fans can take out of this that there's a chance the season might even get suspended for a little bit here right now so like Maybe it's not the worst thing if he gets in trouble. But, yeah, uh, it, now it, now is sort of a good time, and maybe this maybe this Harden trade makes him want to come back and makes yeah. him a little bit more excited. It's not really, it's the reasons are not clear. Um, 
as to why he's been away, um, it, it doesn't seem like it's just for the birthday stuff. So um, I, I, would, I would guess there's something a little deeper to this. But, uh, yeah. Um, so the Lakers are still the title favorite, favorites after all this. Um, I think that's probably the correct um, way to think about this. That's what Vegas has. I think we probably agree. So Yeah, uh, for sure. I'd be interested to see the East is sort of a little more, you know, I want to see the Nets play the Bucks. I want to see them play Philly. I want to see them play Miami, um, Boston as well. Just see what that looks like. Um, Cause that, that offense is going to, it's going to be interesting to see because um, Harden, is he going to be moving? Is he be cutting Kyrie? Same kind of deal. I think, I think KD is probably a little bit more likely to like move off ball, but um, it, it's, it's really kind of an unknown as to what like, that team's going to look like. So, um, yeah, great one for Harden Houston. Um, had some, had some moments, had some low lights for sure. Um, 2018 was their best run before that Chris Paul hamstring injury. Um, a lot of, a lot of controversy with the refs, a lot of foul baiting, a lot of people hating on him, but a lot of clutch performances that dunk over Draymond game four, 2018 was probably like, when Rockets fans are feeling the best about um, having a title. Um, but yeah, just a long run for him. He had some historic highs and some historic lows. So um, it's kind of weird to see it come to an end. But after last after last night's game, you could kind of see it coming because he was he showed up. There's another meme of him where he looks like it's so overweight. Um, and he says, I think he said like after the game, he was like, he was like, yeah, we, I just can't win a championship here. I've done like everything I can. And John Wall was kind of saying, like, really, really, dude, you're going to give up after nine games. And uh, Boogie was sort of echoing the same concern. So, yeah, and, and Harden said something along the lines of, like, it's unfixable here. Or, like, he, they can't fix it. Yeah, he like, said, yeah, he was like, kind of new. yeah, and they, they, they just lost to the Lakers by 20 in the game that was, like, the, I think the Lakers were up, like, 35 at one point. So it was really more of a blowout than the final score would have told you. So, um yeah, I, we. I don't think either of us thought this trade was going to happen this soon. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be more a little bit closer to the to the deadline. To be yeah, honest. I really thought it's going to be like sort of a deadline thing where he's just like, "This is your chance to trade me." Um, but it came a little earlier than expected. I guess that's a good thing, fan wise. If we just want to get ready to see this Nets team and see what it looks like, um, it helps the Nets too, just in terms of having a little bit more time to match. Yeah, yeah. Usually, and usually when players get traded to another team, they don't like the Nets have a game tonight. Obviously, Harden's not playing for them tonight, but um, I think by by maybe early next week, he, we could see him in the lineup. Um, it usually takes a couple days for players to sort of move themselves to their new situations. So, um, yeah, we'll be on the lookout for that. The Rockets um, are going to host the Nets on March third. Um, that's way the ways in advance who even knows if the season will be still happening by then. But uh, yeah, with all the, all the recent COVID spikes that the NBA has been dealing with, had to postpone a, a ton of games, uh, at least like two every day for the past couple of days. But it was like three games postponed today. So. Yeah. So hopefully things will be um, even better, um, a little bit better than they are right now by then. But so, yeah. Uh, I, we're going to do a gambling corner here a little bit and then we'll sign off. So, um, all right. Gambling corner. Um, so 
I took the Raptors money line over the Blazers. That was Monday night. Uh, that one did not hit for me. The Raptors were up most of the game. They kind of blew it at the end. Uh, Siakam. Siakam was having <laughs> yeah, trouble closing these games. Uh, I, I just don't yeah. understand why they don't just give the ball to Van Vliet because that's what I would do. Um, Honestly. Yeah. I, so he kind of – he missed like this little floater that would have tied the game and the Blazers escaped with the win. And then I took the took the under in the Warriors game, Pacer, the Warriors-Pacers game last night. That hit pretty easily. Um, but that's all I've done so far this week. Yeah, I, I don't have anything uh, yet. I was a little bit uh, iffy on Monday about betting any of those games. Uh, Monday or Sunday, whenever we did it, um, I did end up uh, talking myself into any of those. Uh, I've been looking at a couple today. Um, OKC against LA is an interesting one, uh, especially with LA now in a back to back. I don't know if that's like LeBron money line might be a little bit, but you. You never know how much they're. Like, I feel like the effort's not gonna be there. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so that's what I'm like eyeing up. And at plus four ten, the money line is like appealing, but like also kind of risky. Plus four um, ten, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. And then uh, the the Knicks over the Nets. Uh, I believe KD is playing tonight, but Kyrie's obviously still still missing. Um, and it's sort of a weird game now, I guess, with uh, a lot of these players now knowing that they're traded. So, like, I don't know how that really works. Like, you're playing, like, a Deadwood game, I guess, for your team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you think that maybe that would tell you to bet the Knicks, but you never really know because KD could just right. play 450. So, it's it's kind of like pick a poison there. I, 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 I it is at MSG, so KD is going to be hyped up. So yeah, I, I think that maybe, like, like if Levert's, like – knows he's getting traded be like is he <laughs> you know, like that's why you have to kind of wait on a lot of these things and i've i've been more conservative in betting too with all the with all these last minute like covid yeah covid like health like the when when the injury reports come out it says health protocols is, is the reason why they're not playing and so because of that i did a teaser for tonight um Ooh. if you're unfamiliar with a teaser um it's where you you take two you could take two games up to you could do three or four if you want but I usually do two. Uh, you adjust the lines by the same amount. So I did a four four point teaser on this. Um, the Bucks are playing the Pistons tonight. Um, I teased them down to minus six and a half, and I teased the Clippers um, from minus eight and a half to minus four and a half. So that's a parlay uh, type deal. So if both hit then I profit. So um, I thought that was pretty safe considering um, I'm more worried about the, the, the clipper side of that one, just because, really? but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I think the bucks are usually pretty good against like their division. Uh, they, they yeah. be able to beat up on those bad teams, um, but Zion isn't playing and uh, Bledsoe isn't playing. So um, I, I, I do think, yeah, that one's looking pretty good, um, but you know, you never know. And then for another one that I will mention, uh, oh, yeah, Sacramento over Portland is another one that I'll probably put down. Um, I think that money line is, is worth taking because um, Sacramento is surprised they're at home. Um, I, I like their guards a lot, like especially defensively right now. I like them, so I might take them over uh, Portland. Yeah, that Grizzlies-Wolves game seems like a stay away. Um Kind of yeah, like, oh, yeah. we've only got five games because I think a couple have been postponed, but um looking ahead, 
there could be some in the next coming days, but we're going to hold off on that. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Clippers, if you, if you just want to parlay, um, maybe the Clippers like winning straight up, uh, you could take, you could take the big favorites here. Um, yeah, that, that next, that Nets Knicks game is really interesting just because of the, the yeah. guys know they're going to traded. So, um, yeah, maybe take the Knicks. I would, I would probably support that one too. I've trusted the Kings before and they failed me. So that's why I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I think I bet them against the Blazers last time. Maybe. Uh, they didn't out. Yeah, there's they're, they're, they're a risky team. They're so up and down. So yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't want to. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, so that's gonna do it for us today. Um, little emergency edition for you. Um, we'll be back next week at some point, hopefully talking about what this Nets team looks like and what the Pacers look like and Rockets and all of the teams that have been affected, the Cavs. So we could have a guest. Yeah, with a guest too, um, a special guest who is going to rant about the Nuggets a little bit um, and a whole lot more. So, yeah, we'll be back with him. Um, so that will be fun. Look out for that.